Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. KCBS Radio, original podcasts. Saturday, June 24, 2023, marks one year since the Supreme Court voted to overturn Roe v. Wade, ending constitutional protections for abortion that had been in place nearly 50 years. I believe Roe v. Wade was the correct decision as a matter of constitutional law and application of the fundamental right to privacy and liberty in matters of family and personal autonomy. No state in this country where banning abortion is popular. 80% of people are with us on this issue. While it was an event foreseen by many, especially those on opposing sides and in lines of work related to abortion, it triggered bans and restrictions on reproductive rights across the country, state by state. Now, abortion is almost entirely illegal in a third of the U.S. Now, abortion is almost entirely illegal in a third of the United States. Access to abortion here in the Bay Area and in California has remained, but it doesn't mean things haven't changed. Abortion is still legal here in California. Last November, voters approved, uh, with a two-thirds majority, a ballot measure that put the right in the state constitution. That doesn't mean, though, that all Californians support it. And access to abortion varies dramatically from big coastal cities and more rural parts of the state. From KCBS Radio in San Francisco, I'm Mallory Somera, and this is Bay Current. A lot has happened in a year. So to help us unfold the past year since Jobs overturned Roe v. Wade, our KCBS radio reporter, Raquel Maria Dillon, has put together a four-part on-air series on the state of abortion here in California and in the Bay Area. I had the chance to speak with her about it and what she's learned along the way. In some ways, a lot has happened in the past year since the Dobbs decision, but in other ways, what happened really started happening long before uh, the decision came down on June 24th. I think that it sort of feels like not one big day, though, of course, that day when the decision came down from the Supreme Court was a big deal. Remember, there was the leak a few months earlier. And uh, people who watch this issue 
people who work in the reproductive rights fields, um, people who believe that abortion is a terrible thing and are fighting against it, they saw this coming. The change in the Supreme Court and the, the cases that were working their way through the process, they could see that some of these cases were going to have a huge effect on Roe versus Wade. Yeah. What Dobbs did was leave it up to the states. And while in California, very little has changed, actually, several laws have passed that reaffirm the right to an abortion in California. In other states, abortion is banned, abortion is severely restricted, and things are completely different. Whole clinics were shut down after Dobbs. So I wanted to take stock and see from our perspective in California what has changed. And that meant everything from looking at the laws that are passed, looking at trends in abortion care, checking in with some of the coverage that we've done over the past year, and um, looking to the future and exploring trends and um, what might come next. I mean, this is such, like again, like you said, so much has happened in the past year, so much has happened in the past few years. Oh, how did you decide how you're going to split up these these episodes and what you were going to talk about? I started just making calls. Uh, one interesting thing is that here in the Bay Area, UCSF is just a powerhouse of research and training uh, for obstetricians and gynecologists and people who, uh, epidemiologists, public health experts who study reproductive health and abortion. Um, so it's a great resource for research and knowledge. People come to UCSF to get trained on abortion care. That can mean everything from learning how to prescribe abortion pills as part of delivering primary care in a family clinic to maybe learning how to do more complicated procedures that a doctor might have to use if a pregnancy is uh, high risk or um, the, the fetus is not viable. So that would be, you know, someone doing a two-year fellowship. It's a great place to learn. Um, but one of the interesting trends is that general surgeons, family practice doctors, all sorts of folks in medicine, nurse practitioners, pharmacists, they're all, since Dobbs, more interested in learning how to deliver abortion care, whether that's something as simple as a pill or just figuring out how to do an aspiration abortion that might be necessary. It's an interesting trend, and, it, and it's one of the things that, give, that gives abortion rights supporters hope. UCSF is key. Apparently in their mission, this is something I didn't know, is part of their mission is to provide abortion and reproductive health care. It's in their mission statement. I so, know that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dr. Grossman told me this, and I think that that's fairly unique these days, that a publicly funded institution has that as part of their mission. In listening to your pieces, it becomes so apparent. I mean, there's just so many moving parts. It's not just the pregnant person. Um, who is involved, and it's not just their doctor. There's so many different things to consider. So it's just, it's incredible just being able to unwrap all of the, the intricacies and the different stories that are involved in this. Now, how did you decide who you're going to end up speaking with uh, for, for your pieces? I was trying to focus on the Bay Area. By doing that, I sort of gravitated to these stories, which are mainly about 
abortion rights supporters and doctors. And I think um, that is the nature of the Bay Area. It is a deep, deep blue in a blue state. However, I would also like to acknowledge that many people in the Bay Area and in California believe that abortion is wrong and um, would never let anyone that they love or care about have an abortion. At the same time, they might not vote that way. And I think that's an, uh, another interesting um, piece of the puzzle. This Roe versus Wade was overturned by the Supreme Court, people who are appointed, not elected, um, those justices. Nancy Skinner, the state senator from the East Bay, told me this, that when it comes down to politics, she wants to remind people Abortion is both political and moral, and I think you can be opposed to abortion morally, but maybe vote differently. I think you can also vote your conscience as, as well and vote for uh, candidates that oppose abortion. The nature of this series, because I focused on the Bay Area, is that it's about the abortion rights supporters and those doctors. I did reach out to some politicians in California that oppose abortion, and they didn't call back. So you, you've been reporting, you've been a reporter for quite some time now. How has abortion changed throughout time? As a general assignment reporter, I haven't focused exclusively on reproductive rights or health care or anything like that. But I have covered dozens of abortion protests, and I've done several stories about abortion over the years. I always thought that, you know, there's two sides, and they will never see eye to eye. But I've also always been conscious of a little bit of middle ground when it comes to people who believe that life starts at conception or see some gray area there or, because of their faith, believe that abortion is wrong, but they're going to vote for the Democratic presidential candidate anyway. Mm -hmm. Sorry, I'm thinking of my grandmother here. Mm -hmm. So there is that middle ground. However, when you cover the rallies and the protests, you only get the extremes. Mm -hmm. And we know that there is a middle. And I, I hope that even though my stories are take place in the Bay Area and are about Bay Area people and therefore are about people who believe that abortion is an important right, I hope at least that people can see the humanity in these stories and uh, the folks that I've talked to. Yeah. Um, I mean, was there anything new that you learned uh, throughout this process with this assignment? When I started this story, knowing that I'm not a healthcare reporter and uh, don't have deep sourcing, I was like, I don't think I'm ever going to get anybody to tell me the story of their abortion. It seemed like an impossible goal. Um, such a, it's such a personal thing. Yes, it's such a personal thing. But let me tell you, I heard a lot of abortion stories, and um, that sort of surprised me. I'm always grateful when people share something so personal. It's also part of a movement um, among mostly women to be honest and truthful about their experiences and normalize abortion, because the studies say from the Guttmacher Institute, a think tank in New York that studies reproductive health, one in four women uh, will have an abortion before they end their childbearing years. So it's really not surprising that I came across people who wanted to tell me their, their abortion stories, um, and I'm still grateful. 
Now you only have a couple of minutes for each of the, you know, each of the pieces or each of the angles that you had. Were there any stories um, or any pieces to this puzzle uh, that you weren't able to fit in this week that really stuck with you? Yeah. Um, I met a woman named Christina um, at her place of work. Um, she didn't fit into the stories as I had laid them out because they're all very short, but she told me the story of her abortion. So a few years ago, Christina was just getting ready to start medical school. She went to medical school in Mexico because it's a lot cheaper and um, she has family there. So she was staying with her grandma. She had just broken up with her boyfriend after um, the end of a long relationship. She was embarking on her career with the goal of becoming a doctor. She found herself pregnant um, in a small city outside of Mexico City, and she couldn't tell her abuelita, but she told her dad back in the United States where she had grown up in Illinois. And he was very supportive. He said, I'll send you the money, whatever you need. Do you need me to come? Anyway, she went to Mexico City to get an abortion and was so grateful that she could because she was at this moment in her life, starting a career, getting ready for medical school, and she just did not want to be pregnant. She, I asked her, I said, well, what, what would you have done if you were living in Texas, living in a state where it's banned? And, uh, and she said that she was so focused on becoming a doctor, she said that she would have asked her parents to raise the baby. Um, and it's really amazing to think of that. And even to this day, she has no doubt in her mind that the abortion was the right thing for her and allowed her to progress um, on with her life. So right now, she is studying for the medical boards here in California. She did a residency in Mexico as required as part of those programs, and she'll do another residency here and become a doctor. It was interesting. I asked her, I said, well, what did you think about the Dobbs decision? What do you think about this? And she is... I could tell that she was so grateful that she was able to have that abortion um, and didn't have any doubts. But at the same time, she wasn't terribly engaged in the debate over abortion currently. And I think it's just because she's so focused on um, studying for those uh, tests and also, you know, reaching her goals of being a doctor, a primary care physician. And so you're going to be going into this a little bit more this weekend with this Sunday's In-Depth. Um, you know, is there, you know, anything that we can look forward to as far as uh, what we can hear on Sunday? I also spoke with uh, State Senator Nancy Skinner and an epidemiologist who studies uh, abortion in the United States and is trying to figure out, like, by the numbers, what has changed um, since the Dobbs decision. Uh, and I, I think it's, it is a good opportunity to take a, take a step back and um, see where we are. It's funny, California is always at the front lines of energy, climate, you know, transgender rights. This is a situation where we are far from the front lines. We're just sort of playing a supportive role um, in terms of sending doctors to Kansas and doing the academic and research uh, work. And the real action is in places like Illinois and Kansas that border the states where abortion is now banned. Special thanks to our KCBS radio reporter, Raquel Maria Dillon, for taking the time to chat with me. 
You can hear all four parts of her series by heading to kcbsradio.com. Make sure to tune into KCBS Radio's In-Depth this Sunday, June 25th, to hear more. You can hear it at 9.30 a.m. on 106.9 and a.m. 740 or on the Odyssey app. You can also listen at kcbsradio.com slash listen. Bay Current is a production of KCBS Radio. I'm Mallory Somera. For more Bay Area stories, subscribe to Bay Current on the Odyssey app or wherever you get podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.